Hey, what's up, guys? It's Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thank you so much, as always, for checking out this week's radio show in podcast form. We appreciate that. And as always, do us a huge favor, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, and then send me a screenshot of your review to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com, and I will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. I'll do it. I'll put it in the mail for you. We're running low on them, so do it fast. We appreciate it, and enjoy the show. Third and goal at the three, and Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line. Touchdown. I can feel it coming on now as the music plays. Taking shots with the night out. He's at the Baylor 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. We're going all night long, everybody And the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some barrage. When the sun goes just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards for McCluskey on the grab. Locked it down the middle for Rodney. It's caught at the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. It's a touchdown! Oh, mother! Well, it's certainly that lull between the end of the college football regular season and, of course, the bowl season, but there's no shortage of things to talk about. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for uh, joining us and being a part of this week's show, whether it's through the podcast, through the radio, through YouTube, whatever it might be, uh, we appreciate you joining us. So someone pointed something interesting uh, to me out on Twitter. Of course, I'm on Twitter at Pete Mundo. You can find the uh, website on Twitter at Heartland underscore CS. And it was that every Big 12 team minus West Virginia is an underdog in their bowl game. And wondering, you know, is that a reason? Is it just disrespect for the Big 12? What's behind all that? And, you know, I got to looking at some of the games and thinking about it, and I think it's a mixture of a couple of different things. So first off, let me give you the spreads here of what we're looking at in the Big 12 Conference. Baylor is a three-and-a-half-point dog against Vanderbilt in the Texas Bowl. I look at that, not, not shocked there at all. I mean, you know, I love what Baylor did to close out the season. It's huge for Matt Rule's team, but it's a young team. Never been in this kind of a situation before going to a bowl game. Vanderbilt had a decent year in the SEC, so not shocked by that. Iowa State, a three-and-a-half point dog against Washington State. That surprises me. Uh, you know, Washington State down the stretch didn't play great, and I don't want to dive into each one of these games, but I'll just say that was a surprising number to me. Iowa State's going to have great home field advantage in that game because of how well Cyclone Nation travels, so that was a surprise to me. Um, as we go on down the list, Oklahoma – an underdog against Alabama, not surprising at all. And nothing shocking to me there. 14-point dogs, a little surprised by the number, but uh, not shocking to me. Oklahoma State, over a touchdown underdog against Missouri. Also surprised by the number, not surprised at all that they are an underdog. Uh, Texas, also almost two touchdowns against none other than Georgia. 
Surprised by the number? Not surprised by the fact that they're an underdog considering they're taking on an SEC powerhouse, a team that had Alabama on the ropes um, in the SEC championship game. And then Cal against uh, TCU is a pick and West Virginia the only favorite against Syracuse in the Camping World Bowl. A couple of things here. First off, a lot of this comes down to SEC bias. I know that surprises you that that might exist. <laughs> I say that tongue-in-cheek because we all know it's a weekly thing on this show. But the fact that there's so many Big 12 SEC matchups, there's four of them, right? You have Baylor taking on uh, Vanderbilt. You have Oklahoma State taking on Missouri. And then you have OU taking on Alabama. And then you have Georgia taking on Texas. So, uh, right there, the SEC teams are going to get an inherent advantage. Why? Because they're the SEC. Vegas loves them. People love to bet them. There's a bias there, whether it's obvious or not. So that's part of the reason either an SEC team is favored or at least favored by such a wide margin. I wouldn't uh, get into it too much because I come to expect it at this point, right? I mean, I'm not sitting here shocked that the SEC is getting so much love heading in the bowl season. It happens every year. Then they end up, you know, losing more games than people expect. And the excuse is always this. Like when Alabama lost to Oklahoma in that Sugar Bowl game back in, I guess that would have been 2012. People basically said, well, because Alabama is not playing for a national championship game, eh, you know what, they don't care. I guarantee you, if Texas beats Georgia in the Sugar Bowl this year, people are going to say, well, you know, Texas wasn't motivated. They played for a national title last year. They thought they got hosed by the college football playoff committee this year. They were just not into it. Every year this happens. Let's not kid ourselves. Every year we have this conversation. It's always a problem. It's always an issue. Uh, the, the same storyline, just rinse, recycle, repeat, is always used by the SEC homers. So none of that surprises me. Um, so I don't think it's an anti-Big 12 thing when I looked at some of the spreads and the fact that the Big 12 was only favored in one of its bowl games. What it does do, though, if you look at it for the Big 12, is it creates a massive opportunity. Because if you're only picked, what, you had seven teams make a bowl game, right? Two Kansas schools didn't get there, and then Texas Tech. Seven teams make a bowl game. You're favored in one of them. Now, I don't want to see the Big 12 go 1-6 in this bowl season. I, I, I will be very disappointed if the Big 12 only wins one of its bowl games, especially since the one game they're favored in, West Virginia, the Mountaineers don't have you know the best player on the team in Will Greer. He decided not to play. But I hate to put it like this, but it does build in a little bit of, uh, I don't want to use the word excuse, but it gives a little bit of room to say, you know what? You were underdogs in six of the games. Uh, you know, it's too bad, but you won a game you were supposed to win. You lost the games you were supposed to lose. You had a tough draw in the bowl season this year. I'm not going to be happy with that. I certainly think when it comes to covering the spread, the Big 12 is going to have a very good bowl season. Heck, they might even, you know, win a handful of these games. But it always, and it will come down to especially the big games. You know, you think about it, the Big 12 is facing the two teams that met in the SEC championship. Most people would say, without a shadow of a doubt, the best two teams in that conference in Alabama and Georgia. And they're faced, they're, they're facing two Big 12 opponents. That's a huge opportunity for this conference. 
If you win one of those games, that's a massive success. Now, if you put a gun on my head and said, which one, you know, should Big 12 fans want to win? It's the obvious one. It's Oklahoma against, uh, against Alabama. If the Sooners go out there and beat Alabama, you are going to have a different level of respect. It does a couple things. First off, the win against Alabama is enormous. Secondly, it finally gets the Big 12 into the national championship game. I know OU has been in the college football playoff three of the past four years, but, you know, they lost to Clemson. And then they lost to uh, Georgia last year, a game that I would imagine Lincoln Riley's had a lot of nightmares about since it took place. If you slay Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide in this game, which, by the way, is the second game on Saturday, December 29th, so it's the primetime game. If OU, if Lincoln Riley can slay the Alabama Dragon and beat Nick Saban, my goodness, the respect level, not just for Riley, not just for OU, but for the Big 12 goes up, goes through the roof. If you're a Kansas football fan and you're just like, man, I hope Les Miles can win us two games next year, you should be sitting down watching that game rooting for Oklahoma because that's how big that game is for the conference. And you can make a similar argument for what's going on with the Texas Longhorns. If Tom Herman in year two can pull off a win against Jake Fromm, against Kirby Smart, that defense, uh, that Georgia Bulldogs team, once again, the Big 12 credibility skyrockets. That's why when I did the rankings last week for uh, Big 12 bowl games, you know, people were, were getting on me for putting Missouri and Oklahoma State so high on my list. It's the Big 12, it's the SEC. I want to win those games. I'm sorry, I want to win that game a hell of a lot more than I want to beat Cal in the Cheez-It Bowl. I love TCU, but it doesn't have the same pull to me. It doesn't have the same sway to me as some of these other games in the conference. Um, and people say, well, these, these bowl games are overrated. We put too much stock into them. You know, I, I don't think we do. Fan bases are juiced up. The players are jacked up, typically. You know, you can find an occasional case where a team is not into a game. I'm curious what level of the uh, West Virginia is into its game. Will Greer is not playing. Uh, Dana Holgerson, you know, they've had some issues in these bowl games of late. Whether it's the Heart of Dallas Bowl last year, the Camping World Bowl two years ago against Miami. Uh, bowl games are not Dana Holgerson's friend, okay? They're just not. But for most teams, they get jacked up for these games. The players are into them. You know, considering they are exhibitions, and I know people get on the idea of exhibition games time and time again uh, when it comes to college football bowl games, they're exciting. They're entertainment. They're good for the players. You get the extra weeks of practice. They're good for the fans. Some people make a little, you know, holiday vacation out of it, which is always a fun time. Uh, it's good for the TV networks. It's it's a win-win. People are sitting home between Christmas and New Year's. They've got nothing to do. They're dying to get away from, you know, their extended family, their wacky Uncle Joe, and college football and bowl games end up being a savior uh, for a lot of us. So, you know, when I get ready for bowl season – and I'm looking at the schedule for the Big 12. It's not as good as last year because last year you had nine teams. Everybody except Kansas made a bowl game, which was awesome. Not quite that level of depth this year in the Big 12, but to see TCU come on late, get a bowl game. To see Baylor come on late, get a bowl game. Uh, it's a way to also look to the future of this conference, you know? If you were to tell me which one team in the Big 12 could benefit most from this bowl season and can really launch them in the 2019, it's the Baylor Bears. It's Matt Rule. 
to go from scandal to one win to bull eligibility with a young team with explosive weapons on offense, with improving weapons on defense to get the three weeks of practice to beat an SEC opponent in your home state down the road in Houston, that can do wonders for 2019 for these young guys. So, you know, that's why it's always a look to the future as well for me. That's what I enjoy so much about these bowl games. And you know what? When the bowl games end, guess what? Then you have a little bit of downtime. Then you got signing day part two in February. And before you know it, we're in the spring practice. By the way, you squeeze in March Madness in between if you're a Hoops fan. It, the season doesn't end. And that's what I love about it too. It extends the season for a lot of teams, a lot of fans, for us in the media. It's just, I love everything about it. Well, coming up, uh, we are going to get into some influential voices, apparently, in college football that might be ready for, oh, an expanded college football playoff. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Well, how seriously are we taking these college football playoff expansion talks? Apparently, more seriously than ever before. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, being a part of the show. So you can find me on Twitter, at Pete Mundo. It's M-U-N-D-O. And you can also find us on Twitter, at heartland underscore C-S. That's also on Instagram, Facebook, all those good places. So check us out there. Well, uh, Bob Bowlesby chiming in over the past few days on the college football playoff and whether or not it's time to expand. A new report came down from The Athletic that said that several influential voices in college football are prepared to discuss increasing the number of college football playoff teams from four to eight. Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, said in this piece in The Athletic, quote, it's an appropriate thing to begin thinking about. And there's apparently a serious push to make this happen before the current contract with ESPN expires in 2026. Now, the Big 12 or the college football playoff is undoubtedly flawed, right? I mean, conferences are getting left out. Every year it seems like they're moving the goalposts in terms of what is important this year. It'll drive me nuts forever that TCU and or Baylor did not get a chance back in 2014. I'm telling you, I mean, in hindsight, uh, it's been what? Four, five, six, seven. Uh, all right, we've had four years of the college football playoff. Let's leave out this year. OU's made it twice before this year, and that was it. But of all the teams that had the best chance to maybe win a national championship from the Big 12, I look back to that Trevon Boykin team with TCU. I'm telling you, that, that might have been the Big 12's best chance to date to win a national championship in this college football playoff era. I don't think anybody wanted a part of that team. Uh, it's a damn shame they didn't have a chance to play for a national championship. It is. Uh, but anyway, do we expand this thing or not? That's the debate that apparently is being had by a lot of the big talking heads. Now, there's a couple of interesting reasons for that. First off, the Big Ten being left out for a second straight year can facilitate this process. Don't kid yourself. If Ohio State and let's say Michigan, had each made the college football playoff this year and last year, and let's say the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have been left out the last two years, this conversation would not have been being had. 
it, 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 it wouldn't be a discussion, at least not apparently as seriously as it's being had right now. But when the Big Ten doesn't get what it wants, then all of a sudden people start perking their ears. And Barry Alvarez, the Wisconsin AD, is telling the uh, Athletic that expansion is inevitable. And he said increasing the number of playoff teams would serve more people. I don't know whether we're serving all of our people now. When you have some leagues, our league as an example, two years in a row, we don't have anyone represented. The Big 12 has been the same way. The Pac-12 has been the same way. Uh, the Big 12 has made it, you know, three of five years. That's not too shabby. But an obvious fix that people are talking about is go to from four teams in the college football playoff to eight, have automatic bids for the Power 5 conference champions, as well as three at-large bids, and possibly uh, one guaranteed spot for a group of five school. Here are some problems I have with that. First off, are you going to guarantee a group of five school a spot? What if there is no UCF? Are we assuming that a UCF is going to be there every year? And they're not. I mean, yeah, sometimes they are, like the last two years with the Golden Knights. But, <coughs> excuse me, but that's not always the case. What if the highest group of five school is like 18th in the AP poll? Are we going to give that team a shot at the college football playoff at the national championship just because we have a, a rule where we need one guaranteed bid for a group of five school? Uh, what's the point of doing that? Also, when it comes to conference champions, all right, I'm open to that. But let's say there's a major upset, right? Like, it wouldn't have mattered in the Big 12 this year because the Big 12 does it right, by the way. The Big 12 pits the top two teams in the conference against each other. Uh, divisions be damned, since it has no divisions. But let's say Pitt shocked Clemson in the ACC title game. Are we going to put Pitt in, right? I mean, you have to. They're the conference champion, if that's the case. And then, you know... Clemson's taken up one of those at-large bids, and then we have two ACC teams in, even though Pitt's clearly not one of the best eight teams in America. Do you see how this can get convoluted? And then we're having the same debate about who's eight and who is nine. Think about the NCAA tournament. You know, we spend hours after the tournament is selected on who got hosed, who was on the bubble, and who should have been in, who was the 69th best team in America. Jay Billis spends like an hour after the NCAA tournament selection, so complaining about how some team didn't get in at 69. Who cares? We can have this debate over and over and over again, right? I mean, we can do it. You can continue this if you go to 8, if you go to 16, if you go to 32, whatever you want to do. The only way I'd be open to it is as follows. First off, the college football regular season is the greatest regular season in any sport. That's why I would always be hesitant to expand the thing. What makes this sport great is its regular season, hands down. It's the best regular season in America of any sport. I don't want to hurt that. And I've also brought up some of my other concerns here. But I would be open to the idea if every conference got rid of divisions, and just went one versus two. None of this, you know, awful Big Ten West against Big Ten East, or I don't even know, the uh, ACC Coastal against the ACC Atlantic. I forget which one is which. It's kind of like the uh, Big Ten. What do they do, leaders and legends nonsense there for a while? I can't keep track of who's and what. If you're not East, West, or North, South, it's hard to pay attention to you. 
<laughs> it is on these divisions. But if you want to do a true one versus two like the Big 12, by the way, all of a sudden the Big 12 is looking like the, uh, the trendsetter here and how to do this thing right. No conferences or no divisions, one versus two, let the best man win. Because the fact that OU played Texas, the one team it had lost to, helped it out a heck of a lot more than, let's say, Ohio State beating Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game that night uh, on championship Saturday a couple weeks ago. So that played in the Big 12's favor. And all of a sudden, this conference that has been getting dumped on for the better part of its you know recent five- to ten-year existence, all of a sudden is looking very smart, is looking ahead of the curve. So kudos to the Big 12. It's quietly finding itself in a position of power. It's quietly finding itself in a model that people are considering duplicating. And that's something we should all be applauding. So a a great job by the Big 12. Um, I am hesitant to expand at this point. I can understand the want to do it. I'm hesitant to do it. What I would also do is tell Notre Dame to get itself in a damn conference. I, I am so sick of Notre Dame writing its own rules and saying, "Oh, we got to keep our uh, we got to keep our history. We got to keep playing Navy and Army. Get yourself in a conference. It's 2018. The guys that are India playing Army and Navy, if they're not dead, they got one foot in the grave already. Enough. All right, enough. Coming up, let's get to uh, some more. Yes, someone's talking conference expansion. We'll touch on it next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So before I get into whether or not it's uh, worth it to add like a UCF to the Big 12, I do owe an apology to somebody in the conference. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much for joining us, wherever you're joining us, however you're joining us. The radio show that airs in four Big 12 states. The podcast, YouTube, we're on all these places. Facebook, please do find us and join us. Uh, Chris Kleiman, new Kansas State head coach. Sorry, coach, I called you Chris Kleeman when you got the job. People got on me on on the podcast, on YouTube, on the show. Uh, I'm sorry for that. You know, I'm not a big TV guy. I'm more of a, you know, I just read guy uh, and should have had it right. I butchered it. I apologize. It won't happen again. On a similar note for the Kansas State Wildcats, let's touch on this. Uh, Alex Barnes declared for the NFL draft last week. Not shocking. Well worth it. You know, you got a guy with a new coaching staff coming in. He just led the Big 12 in rushing. You're a first off a running back, which continues to be devalued at the NFL level. Just uh, do what you got to do to get yourself to the next level. Try to make some money and get to the second contract if you can even get there. I don't know what Alex Barnes' NFL future is. If I'm just spitballing here, he's probably, uh, I don't know, and I'm not an NFL draft guru. I'm just saying Alex Barnes, probably on the high end, he's a fourth or fifth rounder. On the low end, he's undrafted. I mean, is he? He's not overly fast. Yes, he's a strong body. He, I don't know. I it just I don't see the explosiveness at the NFL level for Alex Barnes. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but uh, I don't blame him one bit for going because even if he stays, what maybe if he has a great year again, he's a third rounder. Just go, do your thing. Um, God bless him. We wish him well and good luck to Alex Barnes. Now. 
We also did a rundown on our website on heartlandcollegesports.com. I ranked the top 10 games in the Big 12 this past season. Uh, Just a quick rundown of that. I did number 10, OU beating Army 28-21. Number 9 was Baylor over K-State 37-34. Then I worked in at number 8, the 8th best game in the Big 12 this past season, Iowa State beating Oklahoma State 48-42. 7th best game, Iowa State beating Texas Tech 40-31. 6th best game in the Big 12, Oklahoma State 38, Texas 35. Number five, Iowa State over K-State, Farmageddon, 42-38. Number four was Bedlam, Oklahoma edging Oklahoma State, 48-47. Number three, I put in Oklahoma over West Virginia, 59-56. The second best game in the Big 12 was the Red River rivalry, Texas over Oklahoma, 48-45. And the top game in the Big 12 this season, West Virginia, 42, Texas, 41. I was at that game in Austin. I'm a little biased, but that was, oh, God, that was incredible. So we ranked those on the website. I explained why I put each game where I did. You can go check it out at heartlandcollegesports.com. So uh, some rumblings. Who had it last week? It got a lot of attention over the last bunch of days, and that was the idea of the Big 12 expanding and looking right to Florida and UCF. Um, I think it was somebody in The Athletic that wrote about it, and it got a lot of attention all over the place. People started banting about it and talking about it. I I don't want to go there right now. You know, as time has gone on, don't you think the Big 12 has been proven right in a lot of this in terms of college football play, in terms of just college football expansion? You think Jim Delaney in the Big Ten is thrilled about the fact that he's got Maryland and Rutgers in his conference for football? Think it makes him happy? I don't think so. I don't believe it for a second. The Big 12 has a good thing going right now. I'm not going to mess with that to add UCF, which, by the way, let's see what UCF does under Josh Heupel, the former Oklahoma offensive coordinator. Let's see if this is sustainable. Just because you have a good couple of years doesn't mean, you know, you're here for good. Boise State's a nice program. Boise State's not what it was under Chris Peterson. All right? Is UCF this good this year because Josh Heupel basically did it with Scott Frost's guys? Let's see. Why would you force the issue to get a pipeline to Florida? I, you know, I don't think the Big 12 coaches have a lot of interest in recruiting Florida. The ones that do are, are basically OU, Texas, and West Virginia because OU and Texas can recruit California, Florida, anywhere in the country. And West Virginia has always had a good pipeline to Florida. I, like, I don't think Mike Gundy has a lot of interest in going down to Tampa, Florida to look for guys. It's just not in his DNA. And to add more travel to these guys and, and do what? Obviously, if you add UCF, you have to add a second team. Who are you going to add then? Who are you going to try to force into this thing? Cincinnati? Going to try to force in Boise? Houston? What's the point? I don't see any benefit to the Big 12 expanding right now. And spare me the media market stuff. I mean, maybe I'm naive on this, but I don't think Florida shuts down for the UCF Golden Knights. I think they shut down for the Florida Gators. I think they shut down for the Florida State Seminoles. I think they might shut down if Mark Rick can get things going with the Miami Hurricanes. 
I don't think they're shutting down for the UCF Golden Knights. Call me crazy, but I don't see it. So to force this thing and to expand when history is now starting to prove that maybe the Big 12 was right. Now, that's not to say I'm glad that Missouri's gone. I'm not glad that uh, um, Colorado's gone. I miss those teams. You know, even A&M on uh, any given day, I think, would be great back in the Big 12. But uh, they become, you know, such total wimps. And this show's on the radio, so I can't use the word that I really want to use. They become such total B-words. Their fan base is just unbearable time and time again. A lot of days I don't miss them. But, you know, I think Missouri would be great back in the Big 12 for sure. Uh, getting that rivalry back with KU, getting the border war back. I think Missouri is way out of touch in the SEC. I don't think they're a cultural fit. It doesn't feel right. It feels like square peg and round hole. And, yeah, they've had some good seasons in football and basketball, but it doesn't feel right. I miss the hell out of Nebraska in the Big 12 Conference. You know, they're they're kind of a fit for the Big 10, and Scott Frost, I think, is going to eventually turn that thing around. But if you were to ask... Nebraska fans, you know, get them nice and drunk, right? When people actually tell the truth about things, get them nice and drunk and talk to uh, Nebraska fans about whether or not they miss playing OU. You think they wouldn't miss playing OU? You don't think they miss playing even teams like Kansas and K-State? I mean, there was a there was a brotherhood there with those old Big 8 teams that doesn't exist for Nebraska in the Big 10. So why is the Big 12 going to force this? They're finally starting to build some of these rivalries, build that continuity with these 10 teams. Um, this is getting pretty fun. I don't want to mess with a good thing. I've, I've never believed in that, enforcing something for the sake of forcing it. I think a pipeline to Florida is overrated for the Big 12. If it gets the right team, the right coaches, and the right places, they're going to be able to recruit where they need to, and that should mostly be in the state of Texas. That's what it always should be with this conference. Focus on the state of Texas. Let that state carry you like it always has. And, and instead of being afraid of the SEC and having to go down to Florida territory, focus on locking down that state because you're not going to beat the SEC and even some ACC schools in Florida at their own game. So don't spread yourself too thin. Just get down to Texas and get the best guys that you can. That should be the winning formula for the Big 12. Not worrying about UCF or USF or whoever it might be that somebody wants you to expand with. Don't do it. You got the round robin in football. You got the double round robin in basketball. You have one versus two in the Big 12 championship game. It helped you this year. Just don't screw with it. I don't know why you would. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Always great to have you on in. Thanks so much for joining us and being a part of this week's show. Please do find us on every social media outlet, wherever it is. You can find us there, YouTube, the podcast, everywhere. And we'll talk to you soon right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of Heartland College Sports. Same time, same place next week. Talk to you guys then. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. 2,000 country stations. Yeah, we're one big country nation. That's right. Thanks, as always, guys, for joining the show. Really appreciate it, as always. Please do rate, review, subscribe to get the free koozie. Then email me a screenshot, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you next week.